Welcome back to the meeting after the meeting, everyone. We're your hosts, David O. And Eric B. Today we are joined by our guest, Ange. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Yeah, doing good. I'm really excited because this is the first time I've been in studio with Eric since March. And uh, yeah. I, I missed him. I do. I do like your mask. I missed his baby blues like, staring back I, at me. I like your mask. It's like the first time I listened to the Beatles. I'm, a, cool. I'm a fan. It's uh, what? You. It's skulls and roses. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like it's a guns and ro- it's like very poison esque. It, 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 it is a little bit. It's very on Did brand you, for me. Yeah, I mean, like you took guns and roses and poison and just kind of fucked them together and it made yeah. a mask. Exactly. I think it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's really perfect for the times. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, so, so, so it sounds like Ed Hardy, but better. Yeah, because my That's wife made perfect, it, so yeah. it was a lot cheaper than Ed Hardy, for sure. So, uh, where are you from, man? <laughs> I'm from Freefield, Massachusetts. Nice. Um, I did go to Goucher, actually, so I spent some time in in the Towson area. Oh, I know we cool. talked about that last time. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I, I had, I had did to... Did some shows, and yeah. I had to miss that podcast for whatever reason. I can't remember, but... I'm glad to know. It was May. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I think it, you were marrying your sister. Oh, I was. Oh, my that's, God. That's, that sounds really <laughs> bad. Anybody who's on there, anybody who's listening, I'm an ordained minister, and I was performing oh. the marriage <laughs> yeah. of my sister and her husband. Sorry, I... Because I, I referenced my yeah. wife like two minutes ago, and then you said I married my sister. So the, Not, the collaboration you know, of those yeah. two facts could have really skewed. I was like, I thought you were from a different county, but okay. No, <laughs> no. I was being, I was officiating my sister's wedding. There mm. we go. That's super cute. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, so when were you first introduced to recovery? So I went to my very first meeting, I was 16. My aunt brought me to a Narcotics Anonymous meeting mm-hmm. and it it was one of those things where I sat there and I was like, I relate to like what a lot of these people are saying, only I've never done crack, so I don't think this applies to me, mm-hmm. you know, as we do when we're, when we're younger. And it wasn't until I was 19 or 20 that I started going to meetings regularly and I was actually living in Baltimore going to a lot of meetings in the county area um and i just finally for the first time saw young people wanting to be sober and work in programs Mm -hmm. and so like yeah 1920 is when i really started giving it a shot and now i'm 29 so that however many years in between (laughs) to get to where i'm at where i have over a year sober nice awesome and that you answered my last question which is how long you've been sober you said over a year yeah, I, got, I hit a year um, June 18th. Awesome. Ooh, awesome. Uh, almost awesome. a year and a month. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. So Thank you. And uh, so without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to you to uh, tell our audience what the topic for uh, tonight's going to be and, uh, yeah, let you take it away. Oh, awesome. I wasn't sure exactly the format for how this should go, but I definitely want to start by saying step two is the it's basically coming to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity and they use the our uh, like sorry came to believe that power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity because as we know it's a we program Mm -hmm. and you know so coming to believe that something greater than me can help me to get out of my cyclical 
alcoholic thinking, spree and remorse, the, you know, chasing the control to drink into a grave. I mean, there's so many things that having a higher power, just like, I don't, ha it's not in my control anymore. Like it's bigger than me and I don't have to solve my, my addiction or my alcoholism on my own. Mm -hmm. I have a power greater than me today that takes that out of my hands and I just have to do, I have my job that I do, but I can just trust that everything's going to be all right as long as I keep doing the next right thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So with step two, my journey through the years, um, you know, I've had sustained sobriety, sustained recovery before, and I've worked a number of step two, one, two, and three, obviously I've done the most. I mean, who mm -hmm. has, right? Like, it's like the one, two, three, right? Oh yeah. So uh, I stay waltzing. Um, so step two for me at first was very much like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. All I have to do is say that I could potentially believe something great in something greater than me. Sure. I can do that. Hmm. And at first I was very much traditional, a uh, belief in God, you know, even that big man in the sky mentality, I really did have, um, because I was raised Catholic and I never had an issue believing in God. I prayed every night as a kid. But it wasn't until I got older that I realized, like, oh, there are some resentments underneath that to unpack. Mm -hmm. And there are some things. I mean, obviously, I couldn't I couldn't get it. I couldn't keep it, right? Yeah. So I would get it for a couple months and lose it. So when that's happening, there's, I mean, there's so many things it could be. But for me, it was I had to dig deep into my concept of a higher power and figure out what was going to work for me and what was going to give me lasting sobriety. Mm -hmm. And so in, I think it was, yeah, it's 20, 2015. I was sitting on a beach. I wasn't drinking, but I was at a beach wedding that was like, it was like a teacher's wedding and I was her DJ and everyone there nice. was drinking. And, and I was really far away from anyone I knew. We were like, it was just like crazy. I felt very isolated. But what I was doing that was right was I brought my big book. I was calling people as much as I could. Mm. And I remember sitting on the beach and having some reflection time while everyone else was you know, happy houring or whatever. And I knew for a fact that I wasn't going to drink alcohol. But the thing I was struggling with that day was like, well, what am I going to believe in them? Because I don't trust myself. So there's got to be something more than me. And it mm -hmm. kind of hit me that like my concept of a higher power is time because time, you know, it's constantly passing. You can't control it. Yeah. It's way beyond human power. Yeah. It extends infinitely forwards and backwards. Mm -hmm. It works in non-linear and linear ways. I mean, there's so much that time is, right? And then the thing that really got me is like, oh, it heals all wounds. Like, with mm -hmm. enough time and by doing my job, I can maintain sobriety. Mm -hmm. So if, to me, like, time is, is, is like God. I don't like to say it like that, but it, it is a power greater than myself that I believe in and that I trust in. Yeah. So as long as I continue to do my job, time's going to keep passing. Like I have no control over that. Mm -hmm. And I also find time to be a very neutral higher power, right? There's yeah. no, it's, it, it's quite powerful, but there is, there's no hate in it, right? Plants mm -hmm. die, people die. Mm -hmm. um, time goes on whether we want it to or not. And my favorite, Time Takes Time, bro. I love that one. Oh, man. It's, it's so <laughs> stupid, but when you think about it, it's like, damn, that's mad smart. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and to me, that just means trusting the process. Like, mm. time takes time. So this, this time around, coming out of rehab, it, I got out in, like, August or something, and I just was sitting there going, like, you know, if I just continue to do the things that have been working for me over time, 
I won't even be thinking about drinking anymore. And it's so true. Mm-hmm. Like today, I don't think I just like it's. It's not that I don't like. It's not that I block alcohol out of my whole mind. Like I know it exists. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, it's just, it's not, it's not a my routine. I've continued, and with neuroplasticity, we know the brain can basically reinvent itself. Love Even in that. older age, yes, we can. Right, we can like dig into our neurons and rewire them totally. by just doing something new over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so I had, but that takes time. You can't just wake up in the morning like, yeah, I'm not, I'm never gonna drink again. Even though yesterday that was the only thing I had to keep myself together. Right, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like that's all I ever used to to deal with my emotions. So obviously I've had to build those skills. And I think in recovery I've gotten tools over time that I now can pretty much pull out of my pocket with no issue but it took me a long time to have them like in my holster so to speak like i knew they were there but i wouldn't use them now i call somebody every day which what the hell like who is this <laughs> who is she um but it really is like it's been a process for sure mm-hmm. um i have some pages from so the what i know about should i just keep going i don't know <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, keep going <laughs> Oh, all right. I don't want to like just be droning on and on. <laughs> like, like speaking of time, man, I'm tired. No, uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I think the thing that's been really important to me is understanding that like I'm not the solution to my drinking problem. Like I'm not gonna do do it on my own. The whole reason that the first three steps are what they are is like the first thing is you're admitting that this shit is way out of your control and you can't do like you can't fix it on your own so the second step being came to believe a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity it's like i don't have to trust me to do anything mm-hmm. i have to trust that for, for me because of my concept it's just i have to trust that, trust that with time i will have made have sustained recovery mm-hmm. and that spiritual basis like that spiritual hole is what alcohol we're trying to fill i the, the amount that i drink is not the reason i'm an alcoholic the, the frequency that I drink is not the reason I'm an alcoholic. Like the, the reason I identify as an alcoholic is because of a, like a spiritual hole that I had. And that's what AA gives me. That's what like a higher power, a sense of higher power gives me. Um, mm. you know, like they say, it's your drinking solution, right? Like it, it really was the way that I dealt with anything. And now my solution is sometimes is because I just need time. I need by myself time. If I'm not sure what to do, mm-hmm. I'll take a shower take a nap, you know, whatever I got, take a walk, but just take some time and just like, all right, like, let's think this through because I'm not stupid. And I, and I don't need to be impulsive today. Like I have mad tools. I have mad people in my life that I trust. So that's for me, my concept of a higher power has been really uh, just, I guess, yeah, crucial in, in me moving further and further away from a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have read the 12 and 12 to work this step as well as the big book. I think those are just practical things that anyone I say should do, but it works for me. So, um, in the 12 and 12, there's like, basically it talks a lot about like coming to believe as in not every alcoholic who works a good program just automatically had a good concept of a higher power and could trust in it. Yeah. So if you're struggling with it, it's, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. It so happened to take me like almost 10 years of go- going around to meetings to figure out what was going to work for me. And, um, 
yeah. So with time, the only thing that kind of stands in my way of acting right sometimes is like there's still the action piece. Mm-hmm. So the action piece for me is that is leading with love, and that's kind of how I think of it. It's like yes, time is my higher power, but what are the principles I'm gonna uh, guide myself on? It's, mm-hmm. For me, it's just leading with love, having not only self compassion but compassion for others. Um, I try to be really gentle with myself and really patient because I think that's what my higher power would want. I don't think they want me rushing into shit and getting mad when things don't go my way immediately. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure time doesn't really give a shit what happens. So yeah. I, just, I just have to you know, remain calm and uh, keep pushing on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you a quote from this. Uh, okay, so yeah, I'll... Let's go. Let's move to the big book for a second. So, in mm-hmm. the, you can find the actual step two in the big book on page forty-seven. Is where, like, if you're physically, if you're doing the step, like that's where you'll find it spelled out. Right in the middle, it says we need to ask ourselves but one short question: Do I now believe, or am I even willing to believe that there's a higher power, that there's a power greater than myself? Mm-hmm. And pretty much, like, yeah, like. If you are still at a place where you can't um, believe in something greater than you, just just keep reading that We Agnostics chapter until you get so bored that your brain explodes. Like, mm-hmm. it gives you so many different options, right? Yeah. It gives you, like, so many different ways of thinking about it. And one thing I did wrong was I overthought it. And I really want, like, I just was like, oh, man, I want to have this all figured out right now. And because of... Like, cause what I know now is time takes time. Like I really needed to just calm the F down, take them like, just be like, all right, can, am I even like slightly willing that there could be something more than me? Like when it comes down to it. Yeah. Like I definitely don't like, I don't make the grass grow. I don't even cut it. I got a landscape guy that does that. You know, like, <laughs> there's so little <laughs> that I actually have control over when I really, when it will really boil down to it. And it's a perfect segue into step three in that once you're at step three you realize okay i don't have to control everything like i just need to like step back all i have to do is the next right thing and not drink and i'm gonna be all right mm-hmm. um i think that's all i got for now i don't know i got some more quotes somewhere <laughs> all right we can go to the questions if that's cool with you yeah yeah let's do it all right would you like to go first, Eric, or would you like me to go first? You can go first, David. All right. Um, so, da-da-da. it was actually, it, it was pretty funny. At, like, as you were talking about, like, uh, leading with love and being compassionate, compassionate and patient with yourself, I had literally, because like, I'm sitting here texting myself questions to ask you, I had literally, like, put, how do you apply time to your third step? And you answered it perfectly, like because like you said third step is that action step and how do you apply that and you said compassion and love and patience so that was pretty crazy like literally as you were talking about that i was texting myself but all right to my question yeah so what place or area do you find like the greatest connection with your higher power like do you like um do you have like a specific room do you go to the mountains do you go to the beach like is there any like specific place where you feel uh i don't know the presence of your higher power yeah um as far as like a physical location 
this is going to sound so cheesy, but I was, like I said, I was raised mad Catholic, so I was, it was impressed upon me this idea that Jesus is everywhere, and I'm like, even here, even here, right? You're, mm-hmm. and you're like trolling. You're like, really? Is he under my shoe? <laughs> that, that idea has fully stuck with me and I do really try to cultivate that um, practice of I can step out of any situation I'm in and into my brain and just go like alright take a minute let's get connected back to the fact that like nothing is really that big of a deal mm-hmm. everything passes nothing is permanent and so much of what I did when I was drinking was act impulsively you know, I, I just, I'm so glad I'm out of that cycle of like waking up in the morning, feeling like absolute ass and then being like, I'm not drinking today, no matter what, like I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And then by two, 3 PM, I'm like, man, I can't wait to get out of here so I can have a drink. And yeah. I do not miss that at all. <laughs> so because it was that feeling of like, there's no way that the way I feel is temporary. I'm 1000% going to feel like trash forever. Mm-hmm. No one loves me. My job sucks. You know, and obviously part of, uh, part of it too is having gratitude. So being able to focus on the positive mm-hmm. and w- being able to step back in any room, anywhere and go like, all right, like it's, it's all right. Like so the high power got you. This shit's going to, it's not forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love being in nature now. Uh, I just moved to a neighborhood that's like, I don't know if I should say it. All right. So I've never really lived in a neighborhood this white before. So like <laughs> I was walking down the street and this lady was doing yoga outside, listening to that song that was like, this is the story of a girl. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I was just like, where do I live right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like now I live, I, there's a river right behind like where I live. It's like less than half a mile away. So I go there a lot. I spend a, way more time in the woods than I ever have. Mm-hmm. And having that, I mean, I, it's hard not to feel grounded when you're in those physical spaces. It's yeah. really hard. It's hard to feel angry. You know, yeah. <laughs> you go out and you're like, well, I'm, I'm so angry at the, oh, but look at the sky though. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. um, I also learned, I have one other answer to that and it is from a Paulo Colo book and it's, it's the Valkyries. And one of the tips that the spiritual guru gives the protagonist is like, if wherever you are, take a step back and just look out at the horizon, you'll immediately kind of pull yourself out of whatever small minded space you're in. You know, maybe you've been looking down at your feet while you walk. Maybe you've been looking at your phone. Maybe you've just been focusing in on the details that are much more close up. But if every once in a while you just step back and look at the horizon and see the whole picture, like you will find so much more serenity in that. So I try as much, it's like a mindfulness practice almost just to stop myself and go like, all right, like what's on the horizon right now? Even if it's like straight up a smokestack and Mm -hmm. litter, it doesn't matter. Like pull back and look at the bigger picture. um, And that's really helpful for me. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's great. What you got, Eric? All right. So are you going out of, are you going by the book? Yeah. You're going out of the book? Different book than what she goes by. Okay, yeah, that's true. Ange goes yes, by. He, he's looking in the NA step um, working guide. But so he's cheating, basically. I am cheating. You saw me grab this book in the beginning. <laughs> I didn't know what. I thought you were just Wait, using it, it as a reference. No, no, we're in the step working guide. It's from NA. Oh, okay. Um. So I didn't even talk about that stuff. Yeah. So you you kind of mentioned it right with time and how. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like this, it's it's more of like an abstract 
concept than than anything else but mm-hmm. you know i guess a lot of people will kind of like pray to for another day clean or you know give thanks to their higher power but time doesn't really give a fuck mm. uh so <laughs> true yeah like it doesn't it doesn't care it gives zero fucks um no. so can like I mean, besides the stacking each day on top of each other, can your power uh, greater than yourself help you, you know, stay clean and sober? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is, it's trusting that, because I, it's, there's an action piece, right? So I have to, like, I didn't stay on step two for very long for a reason, because it's just coming to believe that something can help me recover. And, um, you know, as soon as I made a decision to turn over and just like, like, all right, I'm going to trust that I'm, I'm in a good program. Some of it is the people around me. I'll say that. Um, some of that is the action and the other, it, it is like following the steps, following the program. Um, yeah, I never really thought about like where the, I guess the action is just like self, self love and loving those around me and making sure that my actions align with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the thing. I, I I struggle with that exact thing with the time where I was like, but then how do I, like, what's encouraging me to act right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I go to work and, like, get cussed out by a student and ask myself why I didn't cuss back at them. Oh, because, like, that's not what somebody who leads with love would do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, you know, and because of, for a lot of reasons, that's just not the right thing to do. So, like, how would somebody lead with love in that situation? Like, by, and this is exactly what I would do is like step back and go like, what do you need right now? Like, what's going on? Why are you angry? Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what, do you want to talk out in the hallway? Do you need a minute? Do you want to just take a walk real quick? And just kind of like, it's almost like empathy, basically just putting myself in their shoes and going like, what would make me so mad that I had to like yell and scream at someone to, to feel heard. Um, mm-hmm. And that is, I think that right there is like a blessing that of like age and wisdom, right? Because I'm, as I get older, I learn so much about people. Yeah. Like most people really, if they're acting crazy, they really just need somebody to, to tell them that they matter, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> or like that their feelings are okay and valid, <clears throat> and valid, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess my actions are really motivated by trying to convey um, love and, and patience and kindness. Um, just like I hope, you know, yeah, I hope as time passes, I'll continue to stay in the program and keep working on myself. Yeah, cool. I kind of want to answer Eric's question as well. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, you should. Yeah. And not not like for you, Ange, but definitely like, on, like in your bandwagon as well. Because really, like, <laughs> time is the only thing that can give you like what's the second half half of that it's clean time so time is everything and uh like what what you were talking about like oh what motivates you and and what i know eric will agree with for sure is like people that don't have a boogeyman in their spirituality you know what i mean they don't have that looming figure of like punishment or whatever they they do the right thing because they're just intrinsically motivated to do the right thing and that's something that i think time lends itself to and and i think that i've never read uh the big book and uh 
we agnostics, but like I, I get it, um, especially because like it it I think it just really plays to that intrinsic human value of doing the next right thing and you don't always have to have that like oh you're gonna go to hell if you don't do this hanging over your head some people can just do the right thing without that and i think that's that's really cool uh about the neutrality of time is that like it 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 might not like send you a kind word but it's not going to send you a negative word either so right. it's always just it's always just going to yeah. be there. Time's always going to be there, and like, and the earliest people, what did they worship? The sun. Why? Because it was always there. Well, I mean, like, unless yeah. unless it was dark out, but then you know you just wait a little while. <laughs> That's science, Eric. You're welcome. No, but that, yeah, and I think with with like as time passes, doing the right things, like you you just know like you know better how to act because you're not and like that is why i think surrounding yourself with the right people and continuing to do when i say the next right thing like that is my program of recovery and whatever that encompasses in the program of recovery is like like for me part of it is like i have to take my meds like Mm -hmm. that's a big part of like me staying sober is like following what a doctor tells me is right for my my particular brain and Mm -hmm. over and like sometimes something happens and i have to adjust that and that is so freaky and scary. And the only thing that I can trust to make to make sure like I make it out of that all right and and get readjusted is time. Like it mm-hmm. just takes time. Yeah. You gotta you gotta stay on the med and you gotta just see how, see what happens. And over time, you figure out if it's the right one or not. And then you, you gotta wait again and wait some more and figure out. And mm-hmm. so I just have to trust that like there's nothing I can do. Sometimes sometimes you just gotta like sit back. And let time pass and just monitor where you're at. Um, and I don't really, I think with time too, is like, I don't have to let people walk all over me. Like, you know, even in nature, people, like I have self-preservation me- mechanisms too, you know? Yeah. Some of it is like, I'm not going to give you my time of day anymore. <laughs> like, bye. Yeah, like, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I just want to touch on that. Well, like uh, just a little bit before I get to my next question, but I, I think that's something really uh, not necessarily unique, but it's obviously very prevalent in recovery is that we start becoming aware of how we utilize our time and who we allow, uh, who we allow, uh, to take up our time because we, we start learning about like our own toxic natures and other people's toxic natures. So I think we're just more cognitive of, what what we're doing yeah. and i know i know eric yeah. is eric, like eric doesn't fuck around like i was i was listening to one of our podcasts the other day and you were talking about that you were like i don't waste time i mean you do probably but you, you, you <laughs> yeah. waste less time than i do okay but that time that's being wasted was like that was scheduled time to be wasted yes exactly so it wasn't like oh, yep. i'm just gonna waste this time i'm like no i'm gonna schedule this like these two days to just binge watch tv because i need to like waste time yeah that is so lame dude no it's like recharging and, like, and, you, and please co-sign you, me on oh, this yeah. he's do totally you, lame do you plug your phone in yeah that's me plugging my body in like and recharging oh, yeah, myself. All right, you yeah, son of a bitch. Yeah. You just made a really, you just made a really good point. Yeah. Fine, I'll, I'll give you that. 
you're still like five percent lame though. Okay. Phone metaphors though. The phone <laughs> metaphor hit it hard. Yeah, um, I love that. That's awesome. Uh you said two words that like jumped out at me immediately. As soon as you said neuroplasticity, I was like, ooh, yes, we have to talk about this. And like we have a little yeah, bit in generalities, <laughs> but like um yeah. So how do you utilize neuroplasticity, that skill, that practice, and, and really strengthen uh, really the biggest quote-unquote muscle we have is our brain? How do you strengthen that ability of neuroplasticity? Like, do you, do you meditate? Do you do brain games? Like, what, what do you do? And how do you, yeah. how do you train your mind to, like you said, rewire it to what you need? I should definitely be meditating more. Like, mm. <laughs> but I'll say this when I first was, uh, in my first three months, I didn't miss a day of meditation. Nice. I was like, I'm just going to do 10 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's what I'm doing. And I did it. I think that was a big factor in my now sustained recovery. Mm-hmm. Cause I had to retrain my brain. Mm-hmm. So the idea of neuroplasticity in and of itself is that you can change your neural pathways. Like they're, you know, they're bendable, they're moldable. You can, yeah. you can grow your brain. So with a growth mindset rather than a, a fixed mindset or a stagnant mindset, yes. um, I basically, I believe that whatever I, I take the time to do, um, and, and consistency is the other word I keep thinking of. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not just taking the time to do something, but taking the time and then doing it consistently. Yeah, Like that's why one hour at a meeting will really if I'm doing it right and if I'm getting the most out of it, it's more like an hour 45 because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, 15 minutes before and a half an hour after. Mm-hmm. But if I take just that much time out of my day, every day for even, even once a week, every week, like that has, that the rewards like compound upon themselves because I'm retraining my brain to be social. Mm-hmm. I'm retraining my brain to think about um, what my life is like without alcohol and, and truly how much better it is. And then hearing other people's stories too of how, you know, being sober, being in recovery is, is changing their lives. It's like, damn, like, you know, I want this and I want to keep working at it. Um, but with a growth mindset, basically it's just me going like, all right, I'm not waking up when my alarm goes off yet. Instead of going, I'm not ever going to be able to wake up when my alarm goes off. Mm. You know, even stuff like I'm bad at math, like mm-hmm. not, nah, it really should be like, I cannot add in my brain yet. You know, I don't, I'm yeah. not going to spend any time trying to do that at my age. Cause I'm an English teacher anyway. It doesn't really fucking matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, like anything I want to do, like I'm, I'm just thinking of FIFA, right? That's how I recharge. I play a lot of FIFA mm-hmm. on the PlayStation. Love and it. I, I suck at, for a long time, I was trash at certain, um, like levels of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Like I could not be, uh, I could not beat the computer in semi-pro. Yeah, And now I can do it every time without fail, but it's just, I had to get used to it and I had to keep on doing it and practicing. And I really thought I would never, ever be able to beat the computer at that level. It's no, hard. I, like, I, just I love playing FIFA this. too. Like, it it's so hard. hard. <laughs> Semi-pro is ridiculous. Like from, I can't remember, is it like amateur is like the level amateur, before that? Yes. Yeah. Is the level before Why that? Why that jump so big? Dude, it's yeah. huge. <laughs> amateur is like friggin' cake. Like I will, I will wipe the floor with like Netherlands yeah. with like 11 to 1 with like <laughs> Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yeah. Like I will kill like the best right. teams. And then you jump up to semi-pro and then I'm on the other side of that field getting my ass whooped. 
But anyway. And, like, you're saying the exact word. I was just complaining about this to my girl yesterday. I was like, I cannot understand why amateur is literally, I'm, I'm beating them 5 nothing, and yeah. then semi-pro, I'm losing 5 nothing. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. It's and I just get, I just, I I just get too mad. I, haven't, I still haven't made the jump to semi-pro. I like to win, and I don't like losing, and it frustrates me. I just me. did, like, this past weekend and started, you know, like I, it's it's not an automatic win. It is like a like a tie. Sometimes I win by one. So it's actually like but real soccer. All the time. Yeah, it's like real soccer. Yeah. I don't want to play real soccer. I want to play FIFA. Damn it! I want to do outlandish right, ass right. shit and have fucking twelve to one scores that are totally impossible. Is that twelve to one? <laughs> do trick shots my, and shit. My character in story mode is fucking. He's got like a hundred and fifty goals or some shit. Like nice. Yeah. But I mean, just basically with that is like just the belief that like with time, if you invest it, you can do anything. I mean, yes. I think of rock climbing and muscles and the brain is the same way. Like mm-hmm. anything that you continuously do or continuously try to do, it just gets easier with time. And for me right now, that's not drinking today. Like I'm not going to drink today. I didn't drink yesterday. And every day I don't do it. It's just a, like a tiny bit easier. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry, Eric. We we hijacked with FIFA. That's Apo- all right. Apologies. Eric doesn't like FIFA. <laughs> FIFA's fine. Um, He's not a huge soccer guy. You're not. Admit no, it. Don't no even way. try to deny it. Are you a huge soccer person? I am. Not huge. I'd, I'd say I'm moderate. Who's, I'm, who's your FC? Who's my FC? Yeah. Hmm. I say dude, young boy. It, 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 it all depends, dude. It depends on which league you're talking about. You don't have one. Right now, dude, yeah. I love Bayern Munich, <laughs> but they're all, about, like they they always have such a stacked team, but they play such great competition. On like, who's who's your FC, Ange? Uh, North Carolina Courage, baby, NWSL. Nice. Oh. They're about to win the Challenge Cup again. Yeah, they're nasty. Sam Mewis, my favorite player of all time. She's from my state. She's like fucking. Love Sam, love Sam Mewis. Oh, like if we're talking about if, if if we're talking about national team, dude, the U.S. women's national team, hands down, is my favorite. Not, not talking about national teams. Um, talking yeah, about but, so she plays her club team is um North Carolina Courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but Rose Lavelle plays for the um the Washington team. Yeah. And Rose Lavelle can get it. She's yeah. amazing. Yes. She's nasty she is. <laughs> we we have Rose Lavelle and um who uh Pew Mallory Pew. On our team, I think. I think. I think oh, we, and we no, have two. You got done. I'm pretty sure. We've done as well. I, I, I think I you can't have done, remember. but I don't know. I that haven't for seen a fact. it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I know that the Orlando team isn't even playing right now. So no, I know that. You know, yeah, it's kind of a wash, but whatever. <laughs> COVID's been hard, but no, like my favorite on the team it's right so now. Hard, yeah. My favorite on the team right now is by far Lindsey Horan. I am a Lindsey Horanimal. Oh, lover. I feel like I would pay money to let her kick me in the face. Dude, she <laughs> is a beast. And like, She's, I really her like literal treats. Dude, yeah, she is a savage. And like, part of me really hopes Lindsay Horan hears this and like just like retweets this because it would be awesome. <laughs> she she actually she seems so chill too. Like she, she responded so cool. to one of my tweets one time, and I felt like my heart exploded. It, I was like, "Oh, oh my god, oh. I'm jelly!" Yeah, it was like a few months yeah. after the World Cup too, so I was I was just super stoked about it. Yeah, I really like Tobin, like Tobin Heath, dude. Tobin Heath, so, uh, she's a killer, but she's so good. Yeah, she's just so good though. Like it's hard not to love her. Oh yeah, like that whole oh. Whole team of studs. I'm sorry, Eric. We, we took it over it's okay. again. 
Um, <laughs> so let's we love see. you, U.S. Women's Nationals team, if you're out there listening. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about the other part of the step where we talk about sanity and what mm. what has been your process. I'm sorry, I hit the mic. It's, it's okay. my first day back it's, in the studio. I'm it's sorry, a, Eric. It's okay. David's just fucking up all over the place over there. Um, I'm excited. But, <laughs> yeah, what's been your process in your restoration or continued restoration of sanity? Sure, yeah. I mean, it's that great obsession, right? Um, the, the delusion that we're like other people, that, that has to be smashed. And the idea that somehow someday I'm going to control and enjoy my drinking is my great obsession. Mm. I want to be able to control that shit. And I wish I could drink like other people because I love it. And it fills all of the spiritual holes I have. And every time that I chase that or every time that I even seek that, I just can't stop. I cannot stop until there's spiritual intervention. And I mean, luckily I, the, the only time I went to like a rehab rehab, like where I stayed overnight, like I did a couple of detoxes, but like the t- only time I did like a whole 30 day thing happened to be a program that it let us be, I was outside all the time and I just got to experience a lot of things and spend a lot of time with myself. And that for me was very spiritual. And so it brought me back. It brought me out of that, um, that like cycle of like, please don't let me drink today, please. And then three o'clock, damn, I need a beer, you know, mm-hmm. um, that obsession for me, that's the insanity part. And believing that I can continue to make the good, make good choices over time has truly restored me. Like I know that I'm not going to drink today, no matter what that is. That is my motto. Like I'm just, I'm not going to pick up today, no matter what. And as long as I remember that I said that yesterday and it worked, then I'm going to say it today and, just pray that it works. Like, just hope it works. Hmm. Okay. Um, hmm. What am I going to go with? Which question? Da, 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 da. I feel like I, like I asked my best question already with the neuroplasticity. That's such a good question. Did you blow your lid a little too quick? Jesus. <laughs> Take it down a notch over there, buddy. <laughs> 10 down to a six over there, Eric. Um, um hmm how have you utilized like your higher power how have you applied time um towards your like some of your later steps really like what i like what comes to mind is like six and seven with like your 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 uh shortcomings character defects how how have you um called upon time to really um be a factor in that change but um sort of and like i i, I kind of want to know like the the short term and the long term okay i can well i can definitely speak on the short term um you know it's a it's a process for me right now and i'm mm-hmm. On, I'm working on my fourth step, but I have done a sixth step before. The thing is, I'm already kind of keeping tabs on my defects, if mm-hmm. you would. Uh, as time has passed for me in recovery, I realized, like, oh, I have, like, way more to work on than I anticipated. 
you know, this is <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and things come up. And so my job is to pay attention to those things and work on them. Mm-hmm. Um, just today I had two or three moments of growth, you know, things that, and I do have to say to my partner, you know, like, uh, I know like I haven't, cause I, I like to do things like in arguments, I'll say things like always and never. Mm-hmm. And if you, mm-hmm. if you know, if you ever been in an argument with a significant other, you don't do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, you, oh really? I I never. Oh really? I always like. Oh yeah. damn, you're right. My bad. Um, so that is a thing. Like that's a really specific example from today. But that's the thing I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Is I'm working on taking that out of my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So part of it is like I lean on the people around me and say like, hey, like um, another thing I do. And I don't know. I hope this doesn't come across in the show, but I will do like kind of like nags, but not really like kind of like backhanded compliments almost to my family. Like when we're in like family zoom, like I'll try to like make fun of people in a way that I think is funny. And I think it's mad funny mm-hmm. but the other, but for the long time. I just didn't pay attention to the, what the other person's reaction was. Mm-hmm. And I started paying attention. I realized like shit that I thought was mad funny. The other person did not like, like mm-hmm. they were not into it. And so I've started to notice that and kind of, you know, reel it in, um, not blow my lid if you would. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and no, but just to, to step back and go like, all right, this is something I need to work on mm-hmm. and it's going to take time like everything else. But now as time passes in sobriety, I realize, okay, yeah, this is what I have to work on. Maybe next week I'll find out some new thing I have to work on. Mm-hmm. So my role is paying attention and just like, and taking the time to work on it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't do a, a daily reflection in the morning, then my day's kind of messed up. So mm-hmm. I have to trust myself and be consistent to do that same thing every morning so that I don't do something like start yelling or whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know, make an inappropriate comment or whatever my character defect happens to be. Um, yeah, usually it's just like me not thinking before I speak and not having a filter. And that is something that like, I hope as time goes, I can f- figure out how to, put a, just a couple more thoughts between what I think and what I say. Like, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I want to, can I comment on that, Eric? Go ahead. I'd love to. All right. Um, something, do either of you know about 200% accountability? Eric? No. What? I don't think so. Have you ever heard of 200% accountability? No. Okay. So it really goes along with like what you were just talking about. So 200% accountability, which is something that I've learned about in just like the last few months. And I've actually read a lot into it. And it's, it's, it's changed a lot how I approach um, what I think about and what comes out of my mouth specifically. Because... So the first 100% is I'm responsible for all those words that come out of my mouth. But how Uh you receive them, I'm also responsible for that as well. And that's that's where that that 200% um, accountability comes from. Because I can say something to Eric and normally it would be like oh i'm gonna say this and this is like my truth or whatever and you're gonna take it and that's your that's your business but it's not it's my business because i said that to you so i have to i have to take accountability for what i said to you and even though like things i say might have the intent of one thing though like the approach and the impact can totally get changed in yeah. through the filter of the other person. And even though I meant it, like I meant it as something funny, but it hurts them. I'm responsible for them getting hurt. 
And that's something that's really changed in, in like my mind. And it's something I think about a lot. And uh, just something I wanted to share with both yeah. of you. Eric, you don't really have a problem with that. You're not, you're not particularly controversial. Nope. Except I- well, you're controversial, but you're not verbally reckless. Like, like I used to be. Verbally reckless. Controversial though. <laughs> yes. Oh, he'll ask the tough questions that, that you might not like. And he, and he'll he'll poke you a little oh, bit. Oh, lit. Eric, Eric likes to be that guy. Uh, I mean, we need you. <laughs> we do we do need you. He asks just, he asks the really good questions. Just, I just ask the fun questions. I'm just living my truth, you know. I'm just living my truth. <laughs> home um, sweet home. Says the guy with three cats. Yeah. What's <laughs> what's wrong with three cats? You know. Nothing. I guess. Right, Elliot. All right. Okay. So, um, yeah, who was a cat named Elliot? So weird. I do. I know you do. Your cat's named after the dude. Yeah, he's the dude. (laughs) So whenever he does something awesome, I'm like, dude, way to go. Or if he fucks up, I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? It's a perfect name for a cat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or El Duderino, his dudeness. His yeah, you can, call, you can call him whatever you want. Uh, that's um, hilarious. All right, so we talked about the uh, chapter of the agnostics um, in the big book, and uh, we probably have different views on that, but nonetheless, how are you demonstrating open-mindedness today in your recovery towards not only to both parts of step two the restoration of sanity and you know how you can go about different methods or modes of restoring yourself to sanity but also in coming to believe in a power greater than yourself um you know how do you maintain and continue your open-mindedness to continue on that path of step two Okay. Um, I think like, yeah, I don't know if this makes sense as an answer, but I think my first instinct is to say that it's just playing the tape back and Mm -hmm. remembering where I was and where I am now. And therefore I have no evidence that what I'm doing and my belief in the higher power I have isn't working. Mm-hmm. Everything that I've accomplished till today tells me that it is so much better when I'm living, you know, under the, the basically the will of a higher power. Obviously, there it's my job. I make my own choices. So since turning over my will and, you know, well, first coming to believe and then turning over my will, since making those decisions, um, I've bet, like my life has only gotten better. Like I have so much more agency. So I guess, yeah, that's my first thing is like, as I look back, there's really no reason I have not to, tr- to continue to trust. Um, oh, you know what else too is I just keep getting proof of it. Like I was supposed to get this job. I did three rounds of interviews. I was tr- I'm trying to get out of teaching and I promised myself that if I still wanted to get out of teaching after one year sober, that I would, I would do it. And it was like halfway through the year. And I was like, I cannot teach another damn day. I might, I might drink over it. Like I was mm-hmm. just like, so I had like 
six or seven months and I was like, all right, I, I might as well start making moves now. I'm pretty sure that I hate this forever. And I had an interview, had a second interview, had a third interview, was told like I probably pretty much have the job. And then in the the last interview, he goes, All right, you're gonna you're gonna go get Coreyed. And I go, I should probably tell you, like, I do have a misdemeanor on on my record that I pled guilty to. It was like a, a um I got in an argument with a cop and he wasn't very happy about it. Mm. And I was I mean, I was drunk, it was from five years ago, you know, like I wouldn't definitely have not acted that way today, but it is what it is. It happens. It, it is what it is, right? Like you know, I, I wasn't alone to blame in that situation. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be the one that walked away with the record. So I was honest about it because it was giving me so much anxiety to lie about it. And I ended up not getting the job, and I was so mad that I was like, "Damn it! Why didn't I just lie?" And mm. because I was honest, I didn't get a job that I inevitably would have been laid off from because of COVID. So instead of having a no job and getting uh, collected unemployed, because I wouldn't have even been there for 30 days mm. and when everything shut down. Yeah. So I, instead, I maintained my teaching job. I got to teach from home. I still had benefits. I'm still getting paid right now because of the way the paychecks work. Mm-hmm. Like I've basically been able to work from home. I have a sober podcast now and I'm so blessed that I'm actually so blessed. I didn't get that job. Yeah. It's just another example of piece of evidence that like everything happens for a reason. And like as pissed as I was, I did the right thing by being honest and it kind of saved me. Like now I, I don't have, I have a job. Like I still have a job for the fall. I'm applying to new ones and everything, but I get to do it on my time and really take time to think about what I want to do and stuff. So I guess just keep it. I continuously have proof that things are going to work out the, in, in the best way. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. I think I, can I ask one more? Yeah. One more. Okay. All right. Um, so how much, had, how much have you read about uh, synchronicity at all? Synchronicity. Um, is this like a universe? Yes. Thing. Yes. Okay. Is this like when you see patterns and things because you want to? No, 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 no. I mean, like some people. Okay. Some people, I guess, can take it that way. Um, but no, uh, from what I've like, I, I've read about it for like several years and, uh, like I've read several books about it. I, I read articles and there's, there's different ways to interpret it, but for them, like to, to boil it down to like layman's terms, it's like the, when things happen, when they're supposed to, and Uh, like because when you were just telling that story about the job like that's that really um struck that chord of synchronicity i think it's something that could really like benefit benefit you to like really look into and read into especially with time being your higher power because it's basically the way i take it is the, the universe has like specific ways of operating like it's just the way it is and when you act intentionally and think intentionally and like put those intentions out to the universe and just like you said just do the footwork the little uh day by day things that those little pieces of that grand plan eventually 
put get put into place one by one and then it happens exactly when it's supposed to like yeah and, and so how uh, i guess my question is like wh- like what wh- what do you think about that what do you think about like uh like that principle of basically the universe coming to you when it's right in like the grand scheme. Yeah. I mean, so part of me goes like, I hate anything hokey and I don't want to be, cause like my mom would do this thing and it really irks me when I call and every time I call, anytime I call, it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. she answers. She goes, Oh my God, this is so weird. I was just thinking about you. Oh, and it gets me so mad because I'm like, really? Like, every time I call you, you're just thinking about me. Yeah. And I guess I kind of have to believe it because, like, but it's just not annoying. Like, or she'll do this. Like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of family members that do this thing where they're like, I found a penny. That means that, you know, uh, oh, Griffin was thinking about yeah. me. You know, stuff like no. that. And that shit really irks me. Like, <laughs> it really, I don't want to be like, uh, that's not what that means. It means there's mad pennies on the ground. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So stuff like, I do kind of resist certain things like that. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I know that when I start asking for things, things come my way. Yeah. So I've been being more open about wanting a new job. And because of that, people are sending me job listings they think might apply to me. Mm-hmm. And that's like opening me up to like other, oh, like maybe I would be good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So like it's, I, as long as p- part of it is like asking for help. Yeah. I, I mean, anytime I've actually asked for help, I've gotten what I was looking for. Yeah. You know, when I try and do things on my own, I it never works out. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it might work out in, like, the worst way. And the only, the only thing that's been consistently successful for me about, like, cha- putting pieces into place has been, like, reaching out, asking for help, and not stopping until I get like what I'm looking for basically. Yeah. So I do think it, a lot of it has to do with the action on my end. Like, am I making the choices? Am I making it known to the universe that I want this mm-hmm. thing? AKA, am I making it known to the people around me that want this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then just having patience, like, you know, right now I am in that weird limbo where I had some interviews, but it was like the initial stage ones and I'm just waiting to hear back and oh, yeah. I have no idea which one is going to even, or if any, I know. you know, I don't want to keep applying if one of them is going to stick. So it's just having to step back and go like, I literally have no control over this. Like I did my part. So I guess what I, the only thing I can keep doing is, is to keep applying until one is like fully locked down just just to have a backup plan because that's the smart thing to do. But yeah, I love that concept though. And I wrote that down. I'm going to try and read more about it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And like the, the way that it like to keep it in like really the moment, like when I think about like the, like, I don't do that, that hokey shit. We're like, Oh, I see the the repeating numbers or, or pennies and like anybody who's out there, like I'm not calling your shit hokey. It's just not for me. Like if that's what you believe in by all means, and if it works for you, by all means do that. I don't like, I don't believe that, but like you, Eric and I being on this call right now is it, it. I think of it as more of like a mathematical scientific like thing. Like what are the odds that these three people would be on this podcast right now? 
Like, and that's the collection of mm. so many little moments that Eric put together, I put together, and you put together to just put us into this situation. And that's what I mean about right. like synchronicity. Yeah. Like the the odds are just unbelievable. And it's just but it's just a collect I, it's a I collective can't believe moments. You guys- yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just like no, it blew good. my mind last time that you guys are in Baltimore because that is where I laid the, the bricks in my foundation. Like that's where mm-hmm. the cornerstone went in for me in recovery. Mm-hmm. And I knew so many people there. And I remember actually in rehab, this dude, I almost just said his name, but this dude that I met in Baltimore. You can say his first we were name. in a rehab together. And Ed, yeah. And we, we were in a rehab together in fucking Massachusetts. That's crazy. And like we we were sitting there going like you look so familiar. He's like, Yo, you look so familiar and then I'm like, Wait, was your home group over at you know, um, mm-hmm. oh dang now I can't remember what it is. But like, you know, like I, he was like, Yeah, like something in Lutherville or whatever and it was just like, yo, like, how did we end up at the same rehab, girl? Yeah. Like, this is crazy because we were both sober too. It's even yeah. weirder, you know? And that <laughs> and that's what I sort of mean yeah. about synchronicity. It's it's not necessarily coincidence, but it's like the result of a, a whole bunch of inner workings of the universe. Like the stuff we do aligns with the stuff that other people do, and it all just sort of flows together. And and the right things happen at the right times. Like I met my wife yeah. like when I like at Starbucks. Like she was my barista, and now I'm married to her. Like what are That's the odds? Well, like what are the odds of that? It's crazy. Um, yeah. And I met my my very special co-host, Eric, just at a meeting one day, just randomly, because he was just doing the right thing in recovery. And I miss him. That's what's up. That's all I got. My my (laughs) fiancé was my uh, high school sweetheart. And we were together for three years. We broke up for seven years and did not talk in those seven years. And Mm -hmm. I basically never thought we would talk again. And then... I, she happened to have gone through a breakup. I went through a breakup, and like a couple months after, I messaged her, and then it just—it was just timing. Like now we're still together. Yeah, see? like we didn't talk for seven years. Like, yeah, that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what what time yeah. time is going to do to us all. What you got, Eric? I know it's crazy. I know time's fuck time. My time blows my fucking mind. I think we're I think we're about out of time. We're about out of time. Yeah. All right. Well, we are about out of time, so we would like to thank our guest Ange for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if I can, real quick, I want to plug. I have a podcast called Sober During Crisis. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you want to be on it? Hit me up. Always looking for new guests. Um, we just have goofy conversations about how we're staying sober during this COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Where can they find you? Yeah. I'm a, um, you can, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, everything. Um, my personal stuff is Ange Bucks and I'm a stand-up comedian. And then the podcast is Sober During Crisis and that's streaming anywhere you get a podcast, basically. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah. we would like to thank you again for joining us. And I can't remember, do we do the sign out on uh, yeah. these? We do? Mm-hmm. All right. So, all right quick sign out here at podcast recovery we are aiming to expand the scope of support for recovering addicts accessibility and convenience of helpful services is paramount to combating addiction we work to bring the message of recovery to every addict wherever and whenever it is needed we believe that a powerful voice of recovery should be obtainable practical and at the touch of a button 
Every addict deserves to hear a message of hope, and Podcast Recovery is here to provide it. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. And if you like what you hear on uh, Sober During Crisis and definitely here on Podcast Recovery and the meeting after the meeting, check out our our PayPal, our Patreon. I got it this time, Eric. Yeah, there we Venmo. go. And, and our Venmo. I know, but I forgot Patreon the last time. Yeah. <laughs> five-star rating. Give this, give this a five-star rating, y'all. Yeah. yeah, help us out. We need we need new mic stands, people. Help, <laughs> help us out. Uh, but check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Go for more information about Carly, Eric, uh, Ali and myself go to podcastrecovery.com but most importantly everybody out there stay safe and stay clean 